Hi, and welcome to This Is Us Sober. We're Steph and Sarah, two women from opposite sides of the world who found each other in sobriety. Each week, we chat about the ups, downs, and in-betweens of sober life for the no-booze community and the sober curious, and we interview some great guests too. Enjoy the show. Hi, Steph. Hi, Sarah. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. I actually um, remembered to get my days up today, so I've got them handy. All right. Where are you at? I just, um, I have them handy, but I have to just unlock my screen. <laughs> and it's on months. Okay. I thought I was organized. So not freaking organized. 173 days and Woo. six hours. What about you? Oh, okay. Yeah. You got to brag and do your hours. I don't know my 100%. hours, but I'm two hundred. I'm 269 days sober today. So. Oh God. It's just coming up on nine months. So good. That's yeah. just that's a gestation period. You've been like birthing a sober sober baby, something like uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. What's been going on this week? Um, homecoming week for my girl. So <gasps> oh, yeah. We so her have to put her dress and her donuts <laughs> on our Instagram. Tell I know her donuts. date her date came and asked well, the guy that asked her, he came last week and he brought donuts to ask. And it said, like on the box, on the inside flap of the box, it says um, do not say no to homecoming or something like it was so clever and cute and she of course was just embarrassed and mortified that I came out and was all excited like I'm not allowed to get excited about anything when it comes what is it with to that like... <laughs> oh, no. I get oh it. stop you're so awkward you're so still yeah I have to like t- I have to tame myself so it's been exciting but yeah we've got the football game Friday night and then Saturday night's the dance so it's just mm-hmm. been kind of Getting her ready for that this week. How about you? Uh, Pretty standard week for me, except that today um, is a public holiday. So I took some leave time and I'm taking my girls Mm -hmm. away on holiday. So, yeah, we're all um, heading up to um, like a little beach town today and hanging out there till Monday, which is great. I've just got to try to just not be online too much I really want to be present with the girls and we've been talking about time blocking so and we've been doing that well Mm -hmm. and we should talk about that Mm -hmm. a bit later you've been smashing it so we're going to block out big chunks of time where my focus (laughs) is entirely on my girls which is going to be amazing yeah it'll be good Mm. I'm glad you're gonna you know unplug it's always good to do that yeah well each for you know chunks of time not the whole time Mm -hmm. anyway yeah. <laughs> baby steps. <laughs> baby steps, baby steps. Hey, but before that, before that. Drum roll. Oh, I like we the drum. Have, I like the drum roll. I know like we have a huge budget here and the sound effects are crazy. I know. <laughs> um we have a guest. We do. We have a guest. Do I get to do the honors? You get to do so the honors. So today Today, we have my fitness coach, my personal cheerleader, Linda. She, uh, yes, let's do a little hand clap. Am I allowed to say something? You are. (laughs) I'm like sitting here listening. Cat's out of the bag. I know. I'm like, I can't, I can't. I gotta talk. I gotta talk. I'm like sitting here listening to you guys, and I'm like, I want to be part of this club. You guys are freaking awesome. Oh, Linda. Well, welcome. Welcome. We're so excited. We've been talking about how excited we are about chatting to you all week. Mm -hmm. So um, Mm -hmm. the time has arrived. There we go. I'm I'm probably more excited than you two, but, you know. (laughs) I don't know. So So the, the topic for discussion today with Linda is menopause we need a sound effect there thank you that budget again I've done a, like I need, I needed more dramatic sound effect on that Sarah, <laughs> but, um, yes menopause mainly because i'm older than uh dirt so you know uh, staff thought i would be just like a fantastic person to talk about it since i am uh i want to say i'm in the throes of it or kind of through it or in the middle of it i don't even know at this point anymore um just because of how i train in my life and kind of like keep things on track as much as i can with all things fitness related so uh 
yeah, menopause. It's 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 great. I love to uh, love to talk about it. <laughs> great, and that is exactly what we want to hear because you are my trainer. So that means you obviously are very fit. You have a fit lifestyle, and um, we know as women that that can play a huge role in how things go down when when the change happens um and also as well as alcohol there's some studies out there now too that alcohol just ignites that flame that internal flame that you talk about so yeah let's uh <laughs> let's dig in this is a this let's is gonna be good in. and i don't think i said good it's one. an internal flame i said it's more like you're on fire constantly oh so Okay, yeah. that just sounds fun. Just wanted to clarify yeah. that. Yeah, eternal <laughs> flame sounds nice. Yeah. It's different. <laughs> I think. Um, Let's do this. Shoot away. Yeah. Another thing that um, we'll cover today, um, because obviously, you know, the the focus is on, I guess, the relationship between um, menopause, the phase of life that menopause comes in um, into, mm-hmm. and then also how. Um, alcohol correlates with that. So obviously um, there are physical um, ramifications to drinking whilst going through menopause. And then there's also the um, reality that it coincides with the time where your children might be leaving and your hormones are deregulated and many other things happen which can lead you to looking for a crutch in in alcohol so we'll be covering all Mm -hmm. of those things today with uh linda and hearing her story and um can't wait to dig in do you want to do the honors with the first question steph yeah so i guess what i would want to start with just so everyone kind of knows your background and things like that. Um, I was recently on the podcast with you and Eric. And so we did touch on some, some of, some of these things, but for those who haven't heard that, what is your relationship like with alcohol, Linda? And um, cause you are from Scotland. And so if you want to talk a little bit about like your relationship and then maybe how the culture was with, for you growing up in Scotland. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's a great question. So in in the UK, uh, alcohol is is it, it's a kind of like um, national pastime, pretty much. Uh, I, I just came back from there, and uh, I was just over on vacation. It'd been like 10, 10 years since I'd been back home, and it's still very much the case where you know everybody's hanging out at the pubs and stuff like that. When I was growing up, there was alcohol around me from the get-go so my parents um it's funny my my father was from Denmark and my mother Scottish and we actually were in Denmark for the first you know six seven years of my life and they both worked in Carlsberg Brewing Brewing Company um my mom Mm. was and she said she remembers at that time all of the cases every single product that Carlsberg made would be set out against all of the walls. And at lunchtime, you could take whatever you wanted, but you just couldn't take it home. So basically people are getting sloshed during lunch and then going back to work, right? So culturally that was even the case there. Then you kind of like move over to Scotland. And again, you know, (laughs) we're gonna say the weather's not as good. So it's like, you know, gloomy nights and all that kind of stuff. But really growing up, it is not uncommon or it wasn't uncommon for you to go down to the pub and kind of like hang out with your parents, like after school or whatever. And it's like, okay, you were accustomed to seeing your parents go to happy hour every single day after work. Like, it's like, they're just sitting there, they're being social um, Mm -hmm. and they're they're drinking so at a very young age you know six seven eight years old you're aware of this kind of like culture around the alcohol um they were not it's never been as strict as far as id checking and things like that which is something i noticed in this country it's a little bit they're a little bit more on it um, that, you know, we were kids, 12, 13 years old, and you could easily go and purchase alcohol 
And then where do you think all the kids are going? They're just going to sit in the park and they're just like drinking alcohol. And that's at like Mm -hmm. 13 years old. So it was so, so common. And, you know, at that age, hormones are flying. You want to belong. Everybody's doing it. That was kind of like the whole culture around it. You know, like if you want to be one of the, again, I'm putting little quotation marks on everything here, like one of the cool kids, you're sitting and you're drinking and you're getting drunk because as a kid, you don't have the wherewithal to sit there and say, okay, let's taste this glass of wine and like talk about it, right? You're not like sampling things. You're getting just drunk. And that just kind of like keeps on going through the whole cycle of we don't have middle school, but basically the whole cycle of high school and then through to college where all bets are off at that point, because now you've like got your, your ID. Now you're like legal at that point. So it's like, yeah, you're away from home for the first time. And it just kind of like continues from there. So as a kid growing up, I was very much part of that. Um, you know, I drank, I drank pretty heavily. Um, and this actually continued through my early years, my early adult years, um, and into probably my thirties, I was still drinking fairly heavily, um, working out, but not strength training. So strength, strength training came to me later in life. Thank God. And I know we'll talk about that later, but it was all cardio. So again, you're meeting up with your mom buddies, you know, what you said, like before about that, like kind of like little mom's club, you know, mommy wine night and stuff like that. Even if you were going in a and runners, I'm sorry, guys, like I, <laughs> there's this kind of like wrap around with the running culture that's like, okay, we just ran a marathon. Now we're going to drink beer. And I'm like, dude, like when I think back on it, I'm like, how is that a good thing? Like, seriously, how is that a good thing? And um, that was just something that kind of stayed with me through through my 30s. And then I had an incident and that was with uh, my youngest child. And she saw me get really, really badly messed up. And that was my wake up call. That was the change that like just stuck with me. She was about I think she was about seven or eight years old. And she saw her mother in a light that no kid ever should see a parent. And when you think about that, I mean, all a kid is doing is looking to you to like be their rock when they need you to. Right. And in that moment, roles were reversed. And I remember the next day and I'm like, never again, never again. Can I be in that position to, sh- to, to make my kid feel that. And it kind of triggered a lot of things for me because that was how I had grown up. I had seen my own mom out of control. She had sure. never kind of like stopped that. I had seen like other adults in my life out of control. My grandmother, when like God rest her soul, grandma. Um, but I grew up with mm-hmm. my grandfather like, 14 to 18, I was with her. And I remember her saying, if you're going to drink, then you have to drink the good stuff. I'm like, so it's like, you know, she's like, okay, if you, (laughs) I'm like, what is that? Right. So it was something that I had seen adults around me do. And I had always been in that caretaker role as a kid myself, when adults around me lost their kind of like place in the whole grand scheme of things. And I had never gotten to that stage, but that night I did. And I just didn't like, I didn't like what I felt the next day. And I was absolutely horrified, absolutely horrified that I had put another person, my child in that position. So that was kind of like a huge turning point for me in my relationship with alcohol and how it affects other people around you. I mean, that's there. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, that's huge. Like you are a like pattern breaker, right? Like there was, you just named all those generations and you decided it stops at me. And that's something that I also feel like I'm doing in like ending this 
you know, the cycle of alcohol that was going on in my life. So yay for yeah. you. I mean, yay. that's yay us, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. And I want to thank you for being so candid with that as well, because I think, um, you know, it's, it's only by being really open about the struggles that lead us to make the choice to either minimize our alcohol or reduce it or to live sober. Um, it's only by being really open about the struggles that come with that, that um, we can, I think, really relate to each other. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of people, um, you know, dilute their experiences and, you know, put funny spins on it. And a lot of the time it's just really not funny you know it's really not funny not in, it's not pleasant yeah. it's not funny um and yeah um i think we we're all united in um being really focused on um the example that we're we're giving particularly as mothers all of us of you know girls that are coming into or are in adulthood because i think you know um uh, alcohol can either play a really big part in their life and can cause them serious issues or mm -hmm. they can see it for what it is and, you know, hopefully take it or leave it. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, pattern breaking for the win. <laughs> mm -hmm. for sure. You said, for sure. um, Linda, that after you had that kind of revelation and you decided to make a change, that um, you also found strength training. I wanted to find out if were those two things correlated? Did they sort of happen at the same time? Did one lead to no, the other? No, they weren't at all. No, I mean, um, so I still continued with the, the cardio I was doing. So I've trained in martial arts for about 13 years now. Um, so I was still very, very much into my martial arts training at that time. Um, dabbled in competitions and did all of that good stuff. So that was still my focus. Um, plus, when I wasn't testing in that avenue or competing in that avenue, I was looking at running as well. But the reason that I was doing that was because, A, you kind of start fighting with yourself a certain part of your life, you know, and especially as a woman, you're you're trying to fit into the smallest space possible. I feel like women do that over and over again to themselves. It's like they have to be a size zero. They have to like not make too much noise, but still have confidence, but not too much confidence. And, you know, there's this kind of like fitting into this general little mold there. And it's, it, it was something that was like a big part of me and my whole persona was I need to run and I need to like beat myself up constantly. So now I don't have the alcohol beating myself up. Right. I'm like, okay, I'm mm -hmm. going to focus here, but now I'm just going to beat myself up with cardio. And I think a lot of times if you're not careful when you tr trade one thing for another and you don't fix your mindset, you're going to go on this spiral for a long, long time. It's kind of like running on that hamster wheel. So no, I didn't actually get into my strength training until I met Eric. Um, so if anybody is listening and listen to Eric bellowing in <laughs> the last podcast, um, that was when I actually fell in love with strength training. I had lifted weights here and there, but it's like, yeah, there's that 10 pound dumbbell, but nobody had ever really shown me or taken me, taken the time to actually say, okay, here's how you lift. Here's how you program. Here's how you achieve all of the goals you want, but it's not based around how you look. It's based around your confidence inside. It's based around what you're building from that kind of perspective and taking away that I want to look a certain way to, I want to feel a certain way was when it all started coming together for me. And, um, that, that it's been about, I'm looking at my dates right now. I think it's been about four years that I can say that I put cardio aside. I'll still dabble once in a while, once in a small while, but it's all strength training. And part of that too, was going through menopause, getting to a certain age in my life where the normal things weren't working anymore. And I was just beating myself up. So it was like, 
how do you break through that? And that was where strength training came into place. I, I came to Eric and I was actually about 20 pounds heavier than I am now. I'm tall, so I can kind of carry it a little bit better. Um, but I was just in a really, really bad spot physically um, and mentally. And I knew that I had to make some changes there, you know, outside of my own health. And that's where the uh, strength training came in. So it was in stages. And I find sometimes when you work in stages, that's when things stick. You know, the alcohol went away. Great. We're good. Now we're going to start working on the next thing. What are we working on here? Great. And you kind of like use it as a progression until you get to this is me. I feel strong. I feel good. Let's rock with this. So, Linda, um, question, um, because we know that the listeners will be particularly interested um, in this, you know, this point. helping women overcome their reliance on alcohol we talked about it at the beginning of the um of the pod um how do you think exercise or a fitness program can help women overcome the issues potentially that they're experiencing when they're going into perimenopause and menopause um how do you think they can overcome building a reliance on alcohol in that phase big question sarah big question um i think again with the the kind of like confidence aspect of it when women start strength training and i'm talking specifically strength training they start building a relationship with their bodies. And it's funny because pretty much, I would say 100% of the women I've coached, when I ask them for their first set of progress picks, ask Steph, when I ask mm-hmm. them to send me their pictures, that is the worst thing. That, that's like the worst thing. I'm like, you know, you like, they just can't handle it right it's like no I don't want to do that and I was on the I was on Voxer with Steph at this exact time when she had to do it and she was absolutely (laughs) beside herself like I can't believe I have to do this she was putting it off that's so funny you should say that because that was exactly yeah I remember those conversations (laughs) that's the hardest part I know like Steph's like where's my bucket I need to puke in it before I send these over um Mm -hmm. but thing is she did it one that. but two you know she was kind of like in her own little headspace there staff I'm going to kind of like call you out a little bit there but (laughs) what we were able to do is put those starting pictures of her which which listen anybody listening to this staff is an absolute badass with all of her workouts and she is absolutely drop dead gorgeous so I don't want to hear it anyway but first pictures and then put them beside her current pictures. And it's like, look, look at what your body's doing. Look at the strength in your back. Look at the strength. And it's like when you focus on strength, when you focus on strength instead of all of the kind of like Instagram models and, you know, all of the the pictures we get bombarded with on the magazines as we're checking out the grocery store and we're like, oh, my God, maybe I can lose 30 pounds in 10 days. And that sounds totally healthy and realistic to me. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we focus on the strength aspect of it, we start looking at our bodies that way. It starts triggering something in our brains. That is where you build that confidence. I struggled with this just as much. I still have days where I'm like, oh my God, what are you doing, Linda? But then, you know, like yesterday I was in the gym and I'm like, not feeling it. And I suddenly, well, I caught myself in the mirror and I'm like, holy hell, are those my arms? And I was so like pumped, you know? So it's like, <laughs> once you start, Steph's like, what? Um, but once you start. I love it. Like, it's like that too. Uh, yeah. I catch myself right. sometimes. I'm like, like, yeah. <laughs> hello. Me too. That, exactly. And you're like, oh shit. All right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
see yourself in that light and you start seeing what your body can do when you are at your optimal level, when you are pushing weights hard, I, I challenge any woman that can pick up a 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 pounds worth of weight and up. I challenge any woman to not feel like a badass, even on her darkest days when she is like looking and then she has some like information to look back on. And she's like, holy shit, I did that. Mm -hmm. It makes that down not so far down and it makes you level out real fast. And, you know, menopause is such a it's such a cruddy time of life from a couple of different ways. Right. It can be beautiful. And some, once you kind of like gather your thoughts around it, but your kids have left, your kids are going to college, right? You're kind of like, now you're sitting with, I'm like, when my youngest left, my husband and I were sitting there for the first two weeks on the couch, like looking at each other, like, all right, now what, (laughs) like, what do we do? Right. So you're dealing with that. You're dealing with kind of like a lot of your identity has been wrapped around like child rearing, bringing up the family, you know, having a schedule that was right, really, really tight and not having that time for yourself. And it's all at the same time, your cortisol levels are spiking, like your sleep is off. All of this stuff is all happening at the same time. And if you add alcohol, if you start putting that, like, kind of like, I'm not saying adding fuel to that fire, guess what? you are just going to make all of those symptoms tenfold and then some. So it's like, once you start realizing, well, shit, I can go out there and I can have like knock back two, two bottles of wine and I'm going to feel great for that 10 minutes that I was doing it. Or maybe hopefully it took you longer than 10 minutes, but like, I felt great that night. We had a blast. It was awesome. And then the next morning comes and you're like, I'm, I feel so so, mm, so blah, right? Mm-hmm, so now your mm-hmm. depression is going to kick in. Your emotions are kicking in. Obviously, you know, you slept like crap. So all of this is just heightened in menopause. So just adding that fuel to that fire with alcohol, it's not worth it. Most of the women that have had any kind of struggles around that, they start seeing these patterns and they're like, Linda, I don't want to feel like that when I'm working out because I feel like a badass when I work out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. They're like, they make that decision. I don't make it for them. I, they make that decision, but because I'm leading them down that path to feel like a badass in that gym, feel like you have all of the power in the world in that gym while you're working out and it kind of like walking around your life. Cause even I, you know, you get, you ladies both like kick ass working out. Um, mm-hmm. but even after it, like the next day you're like, yeah, that was, a good, that was a good session. You feel good about yourself. So, you know, they come to their own kind of like realizations through that because by pushing them in their workouts, that's what happens. The confidence builds, they can see what they can do. They can see what their bodies can do. And alcohol becomes like that. It's like the crutch is being taken away and the the heightened levels are now on your confidence. The heightened levels are now around what you can do when you are clear, when you have that clarity. I think I love that. I love, love, love that. And I think that really brings to mind what Eric was talking about last week, right? When he was saying, if you're focused on a goal, why on earth would you be putting obstacles in your way? And when you're getting to menopause or you're experiencing perimenopause, those obstacles doused in alcohol are, you know, manifestly larger. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, and, and that's certainly my experience. And I know um, Steph's as well, that um, it was our dedication to our fitness really in the end that made us go, mm, yeah, alcohol is not working for us. Yeah, definitely. it definitely wasn't working for me. Um, and yeah, I can just speak like everything you just said, Linda, is my transformation from, you know, I decided to get sober in January and knew I wanted to work out, knew I wanted to lift heavy, needed you, (laughs) 
needed you to show me how to do it because once again, like never done it before, but I wanted to do it for a different reason this time. Like once I removed alcohol and because alcohol just keeps you, like you said, like alcohol, actually, when you talked about living in that box, that's what it did for me. It kept me in that box. It kept me playing small. It kept me from being who I really wanted to be. And when I took that out of the equation, I knew that things needed to, like what I wanted to do was much bigger. And so I knew though, I've never lifted weights. I need someone to show me, I don't want to hurt myself. I want to do this right. And yeah, my confidence now is just way, way beyond. And it like, yeah, it had nothing to do. I wanted to get strong. I knew I'm 42. I want to be strong. I want to be healthy. I don't want to have to have a knee replacement. I don't want to have to have a hip replacement. And I know menopause is coming. And it was like all these different reasons. And yeah, it's, it's so powerful. 100%. All right, Linda. So we talked about how working out like boosts the confidence and do all that, especially for going into menopause because we need it for that. Um, But let's talk about the physical side of working out and what that means for menopause, like how that will benefit when you get into those those years. For sure. So, you know, the hormones are definitely the the, the big factor in men. You're going to see testosterone being an issue. So once you tell guys that they kind of like tend to back off a little bit as well for women, it's like the estrogen. So with your estrogen, when your estrogen levels are impaired, the other thing that's starting to happen too, is your cortisol levels are starting to spike. So we all know like that's a stress hormone. So of course, when all of these hormones are now coming out of whack, then we're going to have those additional night sweats. We're going to, you know, or hot flashes, whichever part of the world you're from, what you call them, you're going to have those sleep disturbances and like sleep is already can be very, very tricky for a lot of women. So the more your hormones are starting to kind of like play around with that, you're getting even more kind of imbalances there. As far as the strength training itself, outside of feeling like a badass, obviously, um, with your excessive alcohol, it's going to start interfering with your calcium balances, right? So on top of that, you know, the vitamin D, all of those things there that are essential for the calcium absorption are now jacked up essentially, right? So what do old people do, especially if they're not particularly strong? They're, they all are kind of like keeling over. We're tripping over ourselves. I happen to be a klutz for pretty much all of my life. And <laughs> your bones are weak. Your bones become weakened. Cardio is great for your cardiovascular health, i.e. cardio. So I'm not saying don't do it. Like walking, you know, if, if you enjoy swimming, but biking, whatever, do it. But the strength training is where you're actually going to build that bone density, where you're going to build that bone health. Um, That's going to carry And You know, we're not talking just about menopause. We're talking about going into your 60s, your 70s, your 80s, because people are living longer and longer and longer. So God knows. And I it was about eight years ago, eight or nine years ago. And I was volunteering in this nursing home. Right. And I go in and I'm visiting with this little lady, this little soul, literally, she could not move from the neck down. She couldn't move. She couldn't even lift her arms. So I'm sitting with this woman. She asked me to like read to her, I'm reading to her. And then at the end, she's like, do you mind putting on my lipstick? I just want to feel like myself again. And that I was like, dagger to the heart. Uh, All I could think about was I don't like for as long as I, I am like, as long as I'm granted on this green earth, I want to be able to move. And I want to be able to move in a way that I can enjoy my life, whether I'm 70, whether I'm 80, whether I'm 90. 
And it just like really, really struck me at that. I've got chills, so I can't imagine how it was for you. Goodness. It Mm -hmm. was like, I was gutted. Like Sarah, I was like absolutely gutted. Um, I'm just like, oh my God. And it was like, when you see that and you're kind of like getting into your prime years, (laughs) your prime years, let's say that, right? And it's, you gotta kind of like think about that. I'm like, if I fall, do I break? We all like, we're all very, very familiar with, you know, our mother's age and our grandmothers and so forth. They weren't introduced to strength training. They weren't. Uh, It wasn't a thing. And they were just, again, kind of like, you know, women don't do that. So as far as that's concerned, I think that's probably one of the biggest impacts as far as menopause and strength training. You've got to get strong, lift heavy can I say shit? Lift heavy shit, right? You yeah, you say it. How to build those bones um, because that's what's going to carry you through the next 30, 40 years of your life. Um, so yeah, it's like, you know, that that's the main kind of takeaway as far as uh, why, why to lift. Um, you're just not going to get that anywhere else. It's all, it's all tied in guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like you said, our, you know, the generations before us, they didn't know, they had no idea. And I, I I spoke about that before, like my mom and my mother-in-law, they're very, I would, I would consider them to have been very fit. Like they Mm -hmm. always were like conscious of what they were putting in their bodies and they went on walks and that was good because that's what they were told to do, but they never lifted heavy. And yeah, they both have had hip replacements and knee replacements. And I am like, okay, I'm going to also eat well, get the cardio in, but now I'm going to add this other layer now that I know, and I get ahead of it because yeah, I, I've got a lot of life left and I want to feel good. Absolutely. Amen. Me too. Me too. <laughs> We're all united on that. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, I think we'll, um, we're all motivated to be an example to, um, you know, in a space where there's not a lot of um, women of this kind of age group who are very focused on fitness and, uh, you know, choosing a sober life or, um, you know, a, a life with limited alcohol. I mean, I'm sure that there are a lot, but there's also, you know, definitely a huge swathe of our demographic that is all about, you know, the wine crutch memes and, you know, <laughs> all of mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It's and, so you know, yeah, yeah, trying to. I don't know. Like, I don't know, Sarah, if uh, Steph shared. So one of my other clients, shout out Kate, if Kate listens. Um, Kate actually had like approached me the other day and she's like, I listened to you guys' podcast. And she was like, it was so refreshing to kind of understand that you have that choice. And that was for like, you know, I don't, I don't need it to have a good time. Isn't there a song about that ladies? Um, but it's like, I'm listen, sure. I don't, I'm good. I'm absolutely good. Yeah. And then the funny thing is Better. start enjoying <laughs> your is- life more. It's like, you want to like, I've had plenty of my clients and they're like, well, I want the food versus the the alcohol. And I'm like, yes, 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 girl. Absolutely. I eat ice cream every night, every night. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So I think it's like, you know, good balances. That's, that's uh, definitely the key there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, like just being able to, now that I count calories, like, oh my gosh. I mean, how would, how am I even going to fit wine in? Because I would much rather have, you know, an ice cream with those extra leftover calories (laughs) after I get my protein. You know what I mean? Like I would rather like indulge on something like that now. Whereas before, like I just was oblivious to it. I was just in complete denial. So I would mean, I would eat healthy, but then yeah, you down a bottle of wine that's undoing everything you worked so hard for yeah not only with the calories but how differently it metabolizes in your your system um, which causes a whole other series of knock-on effects that I'm so glad I don't experience anymore it's so funny though that oftentimes um because Linda for context my uh my drinking as I said was more about my head but I 
um, my I would become really preoccupied with it. So in the middle of the day, I'd already be thinking about my glass of wine at night, mm. and then I'd be wishing the day away to get to the to get to the wine. Whereas now, um, when I you know when I'm having a busy day, I work in an agency like a marketing and advertising agency. So you know. Um, some days can be quite hectic and I'll get to, you know, one o'clock and I'll be doing that kind of, you know, um, wistful thinking about the afternoon, but it's my dreamy cream tea and an ice cream sandwich. And, you know, the, the preoccupation just isn't the same. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a beautiful feeling. That. And I think, oh my God, I can't wait to be on the couch with my dreamy cream tea and my ice cream sandwich. But I don't then go, geez, I wish the next five hours would just disappear so I can get to my ice cream, right. you know. It's a very oh. different thing, but I do often... Um, when that when those thoughts arise, I think, oh, I'm so grateful for that thought because um, it's an equally, <laughs> if not more, enjoyable experience. Um, and I Great. don't get the, you know, my mind isn't consumed with it. That's incredible. <laughs> um, Steph, I think we're at yes. that time. Are we at that time? Recommendation time. Recommendation time. Oh. We do need to get some sound effects. We do, we definitely. I think recommendations mm-hmm. deserve a sound. I'm going to look into that for next week. Watch this space, okay. listeners. Watch this space. And if you have any suggestions, <laughs> come at me. Um, I think you get one of those little desk bells and just go ding. Ooh, I oh, like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah. Like okay. that. Maybe Budget friendly. <laughs> that, that's kind of where I was going with that. I'm like, there we go. But Steph, we've got to use these big budgets that our, you know, studio (laughs) gives us. I (laughs) know. Oh, my, how I chuckle. Um, Okay, Steph, (laughs) over to you. Or Linda, who wants to bang out a recommendation first? Let's let our guest go first. I think that's only fair. Do you have a recommendation, Linda? I d- so are you talking podcasts, books, anything? anything? What we've recommended, like, it can be- I don't know, I think we've recommended, like, rest before. Yeah. Recommended what? Rest. Rest. Oh, rest? Yeah. <laughs> that's not what I heard there, Sarah. That's I know, that's not-, not what I heard either. Oh, I, I, I I've like- got to go back and listen. I can't wait to. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Oh, you had um- sex. Okay, you can recommend that. That's fine. No. <laughs> what? This is like dissolving even further. That's like none of those were my recommendations. They're very, very optimal to a good life, but none of that is yes. recommendation. Um. So yeah, I heard that my my good friend uh, Eric already took the his rec our recommendation. What a dog there. Um. I am a huge fan of anything, um, like book wise, anything sports related, like athletes and athletes minds just fascinate me um i absolutely love and i know he's a little bit of a controversial figure but i absolutely loved lance armstrong's um book and i've got like tour of tour de life i freaking loved it um because like of the path he went through and it just showed like life perseverance it showed like everything that took him like what took him to get where he wanted to be. And it was just like, whenever I see stuff like that, I'm like, yes, I've got to go out there and do my shit too. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the other one that was phenomenal was age is just a number by Dana Torres, the swimmer. And um, she was a multi-time Olympian at, I think it was like her last Olympic. She was like 42 as a swimmer, which is insane. Um, wow. Um, like yeah for an athlete of that like kind of like level um and again just because it was a fellow woman she was like older kids family and how she balanced all of that so any kind of like book like that absolutely love the whole Michael Jordan series as well um I think was that a Netflix did you guys ever see that yeah there was yeah mm-hmm. I love really good that um we're Raiders fans in my household so all I've got like so many books that I bought my husband that he didn't read but I've read them all so I would say to anybody that's kind of gift that keeps on giving hey (laughs) I'm just like I just buy books for me pretending they're for him it's great um for anybody that's kind of looking for just kind of like have some fun with getting motivated about life Pick your favorite team and just 
go find like some books on some of those athletes because they're absolutely remarkable. And then I've got another one. I even brought it out. I'm like, where is that? Born to Run. I love that book. You got, isn't it incredible? Like you have to be a a runner. Yeah, no, the the lessons in there are phenomenal. Look, Seth, like you convinced me. Yeah. This this book, oh my God, when I read this, I'm like, like I brought it out and I'm like, I got to read that again. Um, And then of course, there's another one, um, one more, one more, Strong Women by Molly Gilbraith. Look that one up. And she talks a lot about the relationship of women which I think is very, very important, again, with the menopausal thing and the perimenopause, postmenopause, and alcohol, because a lot okay. of our relationships are factored around our female relationships. And um, Molly actually does an incredible job of saying, hey, we can all empower each other because at the end of oh, the day, I think that is super That's important. firmly on the reading list. That sounds yes. amazing. Amazing. Yes. Actually, that's that. That really would be interesting because um, Steph, as you know, I was always the drinker in my friendship group. It was my mm-hmm. sort of friendship group that kind of uh, made me want to kind of normalize my behaviour and then obviously phase it out. I know a different experience to you, but I do think you know you're. It, it, are you saying that book is kind of? Um, it kind of lends itself to that idea that you are the sum of the people that are in your immediate orbit. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. So true. Steph, yeah, what do you got? I'll be reading that. Yes, I am. I'll be reading that. Well, and I've been making myself read every night, so I'm going through books really quickly. So yeah, uh, yeah, I will definitely be putting that on the list. Okay, my recommendation. So a couple weeks ago, I got my first order of alcohol-free wine. I've been reluctant to try alcohol-free wine because I just didn't know if it would trigger anything. I didn't, it's, it's taken me this long to finally feel confident enough in my sobriety to give it a whirl. And I ordered it from Shirley Wine, S-U-R-E-L-Y. Phenomenal. I haven't tried every flavor yet, but I could not resist recommending it because I have had the Savon Blanc and it was dead on. And the Brute, um, me and my friend Yvonne had that this week. I had some one-on-one girl time with her and we actually made mimosas out of it. (laughs) Oh, it was so fun. Um, But yeah, there's there, those two were spot on. So I'm guessing I have a, a Pinot Noir and a rosé. I'm guessing they're going to probably be just as fabulous. So we will link. We will put a link in the notes for mm-hmm. sure on all of this stuff. Um, I'll send you one, Sarah, so you can put it in there. But definitely, yeah, check I, I and one thing I will say I've noticed. So I'll pour me a glass. I'll only drink one glass, and they're low cal. They're way low lower in calories, which is amazing. And um, it takes me hours to drink it because I'm actually not using it because I know it's not going to like calm anxiety, which I'm not anxious anymore anyway. And like, it's, I'm not using it to like get rid of something or get rid of an ucky feeling. And so I'm not downing it. I'm actually like probably enjoying wine for the first time, like enjoying the actual like experience of drinking it and tasting it. And yeah, highly recommend. Oh, so good. So good. Well, you know, I love alcohol-free wine and drinks generally so yeah i can't wait to try the surely one it sounds fantastic um my recommendation is another book actually um and i was reminded of it the other week because i was showing eric this tattoo which is actually a quote that is quoted in the book that i'm going to recommend which is um the only true excellence in all this world is hang on I can't even remember what it says. Basically, it says, in order to achieve excellence, you need to live right. That's the premise. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a book called, um, and I wonder if um, you've read it, Linda. It's called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's from 1989. It's a, an older it's book. You've read it? 
Uh, it's just I just keep going back to chapters all the time and it's only really really recently that I've realized what an effect it's had on my life but the premise of it is basically that um, you can either be reactive and live as a victim or blame circumstance or all all of those kinds of things or you can develop these seven habits that make you proactive Mm -hmm. and essentially um, be able to create a level of independence and kind of um, constructive interdependence so that you can achieve your goals and live your best life essentially and I just find every time I go back in and dip into any page any chapter in that book even though I've read it and listened to it and sort of had it as a bit of a guiding light for a long time I get something new out of it so um, yeah, I really highly recommend that one. It's, um, again, link in the show notes, but it's the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. Um, that's my recommendation. Um, love it. I've heard of it, but I've never read it, but now, now it's I will. definitely worth it. I think yeah. any book makes you go back and read it again and you get something out of it every single time you're like, that's a cracker. It. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Steph, join me in thanking our, absolutely marvelous fantastic brilliant guest who i can't wait to interview again yeah thank you anytime so much linda it has been amazing i knew it would be um yeah we're definitely having you back because yeah this is fun oh i'd love to you guys are absolutely incredible and i mean i know that i've told you this stuff but sarah just meeting you i am just I'm so proud of both of you for what you're Aww. doing and just like, like the people that lives are getting impacted by you guys, just, just, oh, it just like makes me so happy. And I wish that uh, you guys had been in my life like 20, 30 years ago, but we're here <laughs> that's like all good. So I love it. And I cannot say enough good things about uh, what you're doing. I just absolutely love it. So thank you for the opportunity. Oh, thanks, Linda. We appreciate that. <laughs> All right, until next week. Bye, Steph. Bye, Sarah. Thank you for listening to the This Is Us Sober podcast. If you know someone who's questioning their relationship with alcohol, please share this podcast with them. Nobody should feel alone in sobriety. And if you like what we had to say, please give us a follow so you don't miss out on future episodes. And if you're really into us, give us a five-star review. Thank you.